Welcome to High Heels in Politics, the podcast where we talk with the leaders of Ohio and beyond. And now, your host, Marianne Christie. High Heels in Politics listeners will learn about the voting changes that have taken place in Ohio. Voting is the fundamental right and key to our democracy. Our guest today is Sherry Poland, who is the Board of Election Director in Hamilton County. Cincinnati is in Hamilton County. Sherry will provide you with an overview of the key changes that have been implemented, highlighting their significance and potential impact on the electoral process. The purposes of these changes were to refine and streamline the voting process to ensure voter integrity. The Ohio House passed legislation in January 2023 that requires the Secretary of State to adopt procedures and standards relating to elections, and they will be implemented for the first time in the special August 8th election. Director Sherry Pullum will discuss these changes and the administrative work that was required. As your host, Mary Ann Christie, I'll give you a brief bio about Sherry. She was appointed director of the Hamlin County Board of Elections in June of 2014. In this role, she's responsible for the day-to-day operations and administration of all local, state, and federal elections that occur in the county. Ms. Polam began her career with the Board of Elections in March of 2004, but prior to becoming director, she served as the board's operations administrator, where she was responsible for all aspects of the election process. Prior to joining the Board of Elections, she worked with the Hamilton County Prosecutor's Attorney's Office and was an adjunct professor at Mount St. Joseph University. She's a lifelong resident of Cincinnati. So welcome to High Heels and Politics, Sherry. Give a brief history on how the board operates. How many boards of elections are in Ohio? And if the board of election director is hired by a board, Who appoints the board? Sure. First of all, I'd like to thank you for having me on your podcast. So every county in Ohio has a county board of elections. So there are 88 boards of elections in the state of Ohio. Each board is comprised of four members. Two are members of the local Democratic Party and two are members of the local Republican Party. The board members are appointed by the Ohio Secretary of State because the Secretary of State is the chief elections official for the state. Then each board appoints a director and a deputy director. Under Ohio law, the director must be the opposite political party of the board's chair, as well as the board's deputy director. This bipartisanship flows through every aspect of the Board of Elections. So the board, the four-person board that governs us is bipartisan, director and deputy director, staff, and our poll workers all work in a bipartisan fashion to administer the elections. Everything is done by some members of the Democratic Party and some by the Republican Party. Is that correct? 
That's correct. We come together to administer the elections. Okay. Now, we have an important August 8th election coming up. Are there more than one issue on the ballot or candidates? In Hamilton County, there will be only one issue on the ballot. That is a statewide question. So there won't be any candidates. It's just be this one ballot issue. That's correct. There will be no candidates on the August 8th special election. When will the registration to vote at the August 8th election and when will early voting begin? Yes, registration for the August 8th election is fast approaching. The deadline is July 10th. Any Hamilton County residents who wish to participate in the August 8th election must register by July 10th, on or before. We here at the Board of Elections will be keeping our office open until 9 p.m. on July 10th. Voters can stop in to the board to register, or they can mail the registration form in. Ohio makes it very easy to register to vote because we have online voter registration. Those that need to register for the first time or update their registration. So perhaps someone has moved and has not updated their address with the board. We ask them to please do that by the deadline on July 10th. And the deadline to update that information online is actually have all the way until 11.59 p.m. on July 10th. Okay, when you say they can register online, I say some people say, where? So what they have to do is go to what? Your website. Yes, go to our website, votehamiltoncountyohio.gov. Go to our website, click on the register to vote button. We have a link that actually takes you to the Secretary of State's office their website, and it'll just walk them through the process of registering online. Even though a lot of people, especially the young, are very knowledgeable about, oh, we know where to go online. But a lot of others of us, such as me, a senior citizen, we say, where do I go? I'm glad you're saying, go to the Hamilton County Board of Elections website. Yes, absolutely. And If you do not have access to the internet, you do not, you're not required to register online. Again, you could give the Board of Elections a call at 513-632-7000. We'd be happy to mail you a registration form. You can also go to any public library or your local BMV. BMV is what? Yes, the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Those are all designated agencies, and they all have registration forms at their locations. Okay, you gave a timeline for on July 10th to 10 p.m. you're open. But what about what is the earliest? People can register to vote now or update their registration. But I meant time-wise, like 8 o'clock in the morning till. On July, yes, on July 10th, all boards of elections throughout the state, the Secretary of State, has ordered all boards to be open until 9 p.m. Here in Hamilton County, we will open at 8 a.m. on July 10th. This helps people understand, but generally you're open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And you want to give your address? That's correct. We are located in Norwood. We're very centrally located within the county, right off the Norwood lateral. Our address is 4700 Smith Road, and we have plenty of free public parking. We talked all about the registration, but when will early voting begin? Early in-person voting begins on July 11th. We will be open from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. on that day. 
as we get closer to election day, we extend those hours. We do have weekend voting the weekend before election day and evening hours the weekend, the week before election day. For those specific hours, I would encourage listeners to either go to our website again or give us a call here at the board. We'd be happy to give you all of the voting hours during the early voting period. Is there been a need for a new type of identification to vote? Yes. Earlier this year, a new law went into effect that changed the type of ID that's required for voting purposes. A photo ID is now required in the state of Ohio. The acceptable forms of photo ID are an Ohio driver's license, an Ohio identification card, a U.S. passport, or a military ID. So all voters who are appearing in person to vote, whether that's during the early voting period we just talked about or at their polling place on Election Day, must present one of those acceptable forms of ID in order to vote. Wasn't it in the past you could bring a utility bill? Is that allowed? That was acceptable in the past. It is no longer acceptable. The voter must present one of the forms of photo ID I just mentioned. I also want to make sure it's clear that if a voter does not have one of those forms of ID, they can obtain a free Ohio State identification card by visiting their local Bureau of Motor Vehicles. I think that's very important for people to understand. What new legislation changes were made for absentee ballots? For absentee ballots, those voters who who wish to cast their ballots by mail, they can do so providing a copy of one of the forms of photo ID I mentioned, or they can use the last four digits of their social security number. And that is something that's been in effect for a very long time. So that piece did not change. So for voters that are voting by mail, they may provide the last four digits of their social security number when voting by mail. We're currently accepting vote by mail applications now. I do think that's important for listeners to know is in Ohio, we do not automatically send vote by mail ballots to registered voters. The voter has to initiate that process by completing an absentee vote by mail application. Those applications are also available on our website for download, or a voter can call the Board of Elections. We'd be happy to mail those applications. Once those applications are received by the board, verified and processed, we will begin mailing those ballots also on July 11th. Would those forms be available at the Bureau of Motor Vehicle? Public libraries will have those forms available. I'm not sure if Bureau of Motor Vehicles have those available, but again, give us a call at the Board of Elections. We'd be happy to mail an application to you. Then there's always been this controversy about Dropbox. What changes were made about the Dropboxes? (laughs) Yes. In the state of Ohio, each Board of Elections is permitted to have one Dropbox per county, and that Dropbox is located at the local Board of Elections facility. Here in Hamilton County, we have a very convenient drive-up drop box. So voters do not even need to get out of their car in order to deposit their ballot into our drop box. I will note that all drop boxes in the state of Ohio are required to have video surveillance cameras. 
on those drop boxes. And in fact, during the early voting period, we have a link on our website and it's a live feed. So we provide a live view of our Dropbox 24-7 during the early voting period. So anyone can log on to our website and view the Dropbox. People may not understand why it's so important that these Dropboxes are limited because there are people who will go and destroy those votes by pouring liquid or something into a drop box and destroying those votes. And that's why it's important that there is a drop box place where there can be surveillance cameras. We do have it under surveillance. I will note that here in Hamilton County, we have not had any of those types of problems occur in Hamilton County. Now there's another voting a lot of people don't understand called provisional voting. What is that? And have there been changes? I'm really glad that you asked that question because it's a good follow-up to the ID requirements that we just spoke about. A provisional voter is someone, for whatever reason, that their eligibility to vote may be in question at the time they appear to vote. An example of that is a voter who does not bring an acceptable form of ID with them to the polls. A provisional voter receives the exact same ballot that all other voters receive. The difference is that they cannot cast their ballot on election day. They do not feed it through the scanner. They vote their ballot and they put it inside of what's called a provisional envelope. And on the front of that provisional envelope is an affirmation statement where the voter provides us with some identifying information, their name, their address, their date of birth, a form of ID, and a signature. So if a voter does not have one of the acceptable forms of ID with them, they'll be offered a provisional ballot. No voter is turned away. So they're offered a provisional ballot. They complete the affirmation. They then have until four days after Election Day to provide that acceptable form of ID to the Board of Elections. I believe our hours in those four days after Election Day will be 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. weekdays, and then the Saturday after Election Day, 8 a.m. to noon. I am pretty positive those will be our hours. The reason I'm a little hesitant is those hours are set by the Secretary of State, and we've not yet received them. But those have been the historic hours that the secretary has set for what we call the curing period. Talk about the provisional vote, because a few years ago, when I sold my house and moved on the end of September, I really wanted to vote in my old community. But then when I checked with the Board of Elections, they said, your vote may not count because you're now living not in Madeira, but in Sycamore Township. So I had to register in Sycamore Township, or I can't remember if I, I believe I did a provisional voting for that. Yes, it is important that voters register to vote and vote in the community in which they live, because then they will be provided a ballot with the candidates that will represent them or the questions and issues that affect their community. So if a voter does not update their address by the closer registration that we talked about on July 10th, so they've moved to a different community, they've not updated their address, they can still participate in the election. As long as they were registered somewhere in the state of Ohio by July 10th, they can still vote in that election by going to their new polling place and casting a provisional ballot. 
Then let's move on to how are ballots handled for military personnel, students, or people living in other states or countries? Yes. So voters who are, first of all, military voters and voters who are civilians living overseas, there's special rules that apply to those types of voters because it may take a little longer for them to be able to vote by mail for all of these documents to go through the mail system. So in Ohio, military voters and voters living overseas, they may request to have a ballot mailed to them. They may submit that request through email or fax. That's different than everyone else. Everyone else, you have to submit that paper form for an application, either by delivering it to the Board of Elections or mailing it. But those that are military and civilians living overseas, they can email or fax that application. And upon their request, the Board of Elections will email them a ballot. If that's the way that they choose to receive it, they could also choose to receive it through the mail. But once they vote that ballot, they cannot return it electronically. Ohio law doesn't allow for voted ballots to be returned electronically. They do mail the ballot in. They also are given additional time to cast their ballot. We already have started issuing ballots to those types of voters, their voting begins 46 days before Election Day, whereas it begins on the 28th day for everybody else. So they're allowed to fax or email the application and the ballot, and the we're allowed to email them the ballot, and they start voting a few weeks before the rest of us. What about college students? There's no special provisions in Ohio law regarding college students. College students, they may choose to vote from their home county. That is the place where they intend to return. I'll give an example of perhaps somebody who lives in Indiana, their family, they're from Indiana, their family still lives in Indiana, and they might be here attending the University of Cincinnati. If they have the intent to return back to Indiana, then they can still vote from there. They would vote by mail from their home state or their home county. Or you might have a college student who doesn't intend to return to their previous home and they want to establish their residency here where they're living now at their college campus on UC. And they can do that by registering to vote. And then they have the same options as other voters. They can vote in person on Election Day, by mail, or by coming and voting at our early vote center during the early voting period. What rights and assistance are available for voters with disability or are in care facilities? Sure. Voters with disabilities, first of all, it is required that all polling places be ADA accessible. So that's number one. Our polling places must be accessible to all voters. Number two, voters with a disability, if they choose, they can bring someone with them to the polling place to assist them in voting a paper ballot. They can ask for the assistance of poll workers in completing their ballot. Now, when they ask for assistance of poll workers, then it has to be one Democrat and one Republican, so two poll workers assisting them in voting. When that assistance is provided, the poll workers are only permitted to read what is on the ballot. They cannot answer any questions about the issue that might be on the ballot or about the candidates. They just can read the ballot to the voter and then mark the ballot according to the voter's choices. Or every polling place in the state of Ohio is required to have a device that the voter can vote independently. It's typically a marking device 
where we have headphones so that the ballot can be read to the voter and the voter can mark that ballot by using, we have Braille on many on these marking devices or by using a touchscreen. So those devices allow a voter to vote independently. And there is a minimum of one in every polling place, including our early vote center. You brought up a thing about poll workers. Who are poll workers And how can I get a job as a poll worker? I'm so glad you asked that question because we are in need of poll workers for the August 8th special election. It's a little bit of an unusual time to have a statewide election during the summer. So a lot of our experienced poll workers are not available. So if you've ever thought about working the polls, now is the time. So who is a poll worker? A poll worker is a registered voter in the county, in this case, be a registered voter in Hamilton County. And basically, they process the voters at their polling place on election day. They do have to attend a training class here at the Board of Elections prior to election day. With these changes we recently talked about, we are requiring in-person training for our poll workers so that they'll be able to handle whatever scenario they may encounter on election day. We offer those classes mornings, afternoons, evenings, and Saturdays throughout the month leading up to election day. So we have a class that will fit anyone's schedule. After attending a class, the poll worker is assigned to a polling place. If you prefer to work in your community, we do our best to accommodate you with that. And then you will go to your polling place the night before Election Day. In Hamilton County, we do that from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. You'll work with your fellow poll workers to set up the polling place. Then you will arrive at your polling place on Election Day at 5.30 a.m. We know that's early, but we need to make sure everything is ready to go when the polls open sharp at 6.30 a.m. They'll work during the day checking in the voters. They'll verify their ID. They look them up in what we call our electronic poll books. It's basically a tablet that has all of the registered voters in Hamilton County's information in that. They'll make sure they give the voter the correct ballot for their precinct and instruct them on how to mark the ballot. It really is a rewarding experience. There's been a lot of talk about election administration over the last few years. This is a great way to become part of the process and get firsthand knowledge and experience on how democracy works in our country. We have Democrats and Republicans, like we said, working side by side. We also do have positions available for those that are not affiliated with a political party. We have positions for them as well in our polling place. And it really is something very interesting to see when you have both sides of the political spectrums actually just working together. Their goal is to administer a fair election. Generally at a polling place, there'll be five people, right? Two Democrats, two Republicans, and the president? Or am I wrong? Sure. It's typically, there's usually four, four per precinct. It depends on how many precincts are at a polling place. In Hamilton County, we could serve anywhere from one to four precincts within one polling place. And historically, we will appoint four poll workers to each precinct. It might be two Republicans, two Democrats. It might be two Democrats, one Republican, one non-affiliated. 
It's just out of the four, three of the four cannot be all affiliated with the same party. So that's how we strike the balance. So if we're looking, best example is a single precinct polling location for poll workers. You cannot have more than two that are affiliated with the same party for each one of the precincts. And you do get paid. This is an important factor for people considering because this is a job. It is a job. Yes, they are paid for their time. In Hamilton County, we pay $181.50. That's the total pay for conducting the training, the Monday night setup, and election day. And our managers make up to $218.00. The managers are typically people who have experience in working as poll workers, and they're the managers for the polling location. And because they have a little more responsibility, their pay is a little higher. So one of the four is a manager? One of the four is the manager, and then we have someone else who's the deputy manager, and both of them are of opposite political parties. I think we've covered the what a poll worker does and how important it is. It's a job opportunity, which is great. And it's only for a couple of days and you earn some extra money. Let me ask you this. What is the population of Hamilton County and how many are registered voters? Yeah, so I believe according to the last census, there's a little over 826,000 is our population in Hamilton County, and we have slightly over 593,000 registered voters. We are the third largest county in the state. That's a lot of registered voters. That's a large percentage. One thing I want to ask about, is there any new voting technology being considered to reducing any errors or in the voting process? There is a piece of technology that we implemented quite some time ago, but it has really helped in the voting process. And that is the electronic poll books that I mentioned before. In the old days, all of the registered voters in a precinct were printed in what we called signature poll book. It was an old paper poll book and it listed the voters in alphabetical order. And when the voter appeared to vote, the poll workers would have to page through the book looking for the voter. With electronic poll books, when a voter provides either their state ID or their driver's license to vote, the poll worker scans the driver's license into the electronic poll book and it automatically brings up the voter's information. So it's a much quicker lookup process. So that has reduced lines at polling places. It also helps to ensure that the voter is in the correct polling place to cast their ballot and make sure that the voter receives the correct ballot. They're programmed in a way that if the poll worker mistakenly attempts to give the wrong ballot to a voter, the electronic poll book will warn the poll worker, this is not the correct ballot for the voter. Please issue this ballot. So it's helped on a number of things. It reduces the wait time, reduces lines. Our accuracy rate of getting voters to the correct polling place has greatly increased. So those have been a huge benefit and it's pretty much have been this become the standard nationwide. August 8th is just a special election with one ballot issue. There's going to be a general election in November. Who and what are going to be on the ballot in November? Odd-year elections do not seem to get the type of attention that even-year elections do. In our even-year elections in Ohio, we are 
electing our president. We are, or we are electing the governor in the state executive offices and our congressmen. But odd year elections are extremely important because this is when we hold our local elections. This is when cities are electing perhaps their mayor, depending on the cycle. I will note that the city of Cincinnati is our largest city. They will not be electing a mayor this time, but they will be electing all nine council members. Other small cities could be electing their mayor, council members. Townships are electing their trustees. School boards are electing their school board members. So these odd year elections are extremely important because it's many times your local elected officials that have the greatest impact on your day-to-day lives. Oh, I agree. Sherry, in closing, we've talked about the website. I'd like you to tell our listeners, how can they use the website and what information is available to them on it? We have a wealth of information on our website. I'll say the address again. It's votehamiltoncountyohio.gov or simply just type in Hamilton County Board of Elections into the your search engine, and it will come right up. First and foremost, you can check your registration status. Oh, I moved. I can't remember if I notified the Board of Elections or not. You can look yourself up and see that you are registered. It will provide your polling place and actually even a map of where your polling place is located in the county. For those that are voting by mail, they can track the status of their vote-by-mail ballot. So they can track when we've received their application and when we've mailed the ballot to them. And then once they've returned the ballot in the mail, they can go on our website and see that we have received their ballot and whether or not it's been accepted for counting. They also can go on and see their sample ballot. We've talked about the fact that there's only one question that will appear on the ballot. I encourage voters, go onto our website, pull up your sample ballot so that you can see exactly what is going to be on the ballot. You can read the language of this question. Do your research before you go into the polling place on election day. And then this is true. They can also see who was elected in past elections. Many times you wonder who is on a city council or a township trustee. All this information, your dashboard has a lot of little places to click. I've used it. And at times when I get confused, I just call the board and I have somebody help me find the information that I want. Yes, we are always here. We During election cycles, we actually set up a help desk to answer phone calls from the public. Although there's so much good information on our website, like you just mentioned, your current elected officials, who are the office holders. You can even look at past election results to see how candidates did in certain areas in past elections. So there's a wealth of information there on our website, but also know that we have live people here answering the phones that are willing and wanting to help you and walk you through any questions you may have about the voting process. I got to say that the staff is very good. You have great customer service. I do want you to know. Is there anything you want to cover that we haven't touched on for this August 8th election? A couple of things I'd like to mention. We talked a lot about the photo ID because that is new this year. Also wanted people to know that we will be sending a notice to every registered voter in the state of Ohio in mid-July. 
letting them know exactly what is acceptable and what is no longer acceptable. We will be doing a social media post. We're doing things like this podcast, trying to spread the word. But we also wanted to do that direct mailing to every voter so that they can make a plan and be prepared and have their ballot counted for the election. So look for that notice to to hit mailboxes in mid-July. That's very good. And that's very informative for the us as voters. It's amazing how very little we know at times. Thank you very much, Sherry. And one last time, you want to give your phone number here so that people know where to call. Absolutely. 513-632-7000. Thank you. Thank you. High Heels and Politics is produced by Marianne Christie and Ryan Kulik. Engineered by Ryan Kulik. Music by Sherrod Sate. Subscribe to High Heels and Politics on Google, Apple, Spotify, and all of your podcast networks.